You're listening to DraftKings Network. Today on The Cooligans, we talk about our amazing experience at NY Fest. <sighs> the people are going crazy. We had a great time hosting. We met Trevor Noah. Trevor Somebody no- called him a bitch. Oh, <laughs> we'll sort that out. We will not We will not reveal who that was. Also, we talk a couple MLS games. Toronto, Chicago, NYCFC Orlando. Is Jovinko a tiny man who has an advantage? And is Laren a giant man who will crush you? Oh, and in the second segment, we talked to Nipun Chopra. He's amazing. He's a neuroscientist. He's also a big soccer fan. Huge. I mean, he's starting to become a soccer journalist. And we go to him for everything with the lower leagues. He's a big fan of Indy 11. But he's also got his finger on the pulse of everything that's happening down there. And you know what he can do? He can have a conversation like a goddamn adult. Ooh, that's rare. <laughs> also, in the third segment, we cover some more MLS matches. Red Bulls. Also, uh, Philadelphia, Montreal. Philadelphia, oh. are you ever <laughs> going to win? Do you want to win ever? Do you even want to stay in the MLS? Old butter. Fingers Philadelphia. <laughs> Dropping them points. <laughs> All this and more on the Cooligans. Yeah, baby. What's up, guys? Cooligans. Cooligans. Cool. You really gonna leave me alone on that Just one? Leaving you hanging this time. Wow. You know, because we, I think we did that last week or two weeks ago, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna be hack. You weren't feeling it. <laughs> Just not gonna do the same jokes. <laughs> gonna force, gonna force myself to like, you know, come up with new content week after week, buddy. If it works, it works. <laughs> uh, wow. We spent eight hours together outside. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Yes, yes. Oh, I'm just like thinking, I'm like, what? Where? What is he talking about? We spent a... Did did we? That's right. We opened our own real estate office. Because <laughs> it must have not been by choice. I would never uh, agree to do that. Yeah. I, you know, when you and I started this, I don't think both of us said to each other, why don't we spend as much possible time together as possible? That was not the, that was not the plan. Yeah. We, we have been spending a lot of time together. So but I'm talking specifically that. NY Fest. Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, okay, so before we get into that, hello, everyone. Welcome to oh, The Cool Again. See, you have to every time. We have to do that because there might be a new listener who doesn't we, know who we are. Remember, there was an intro just before this. Yeah, but they don't know who we are. Oh, that's a good point. Who Individually. We're, you know what? Who are we? You know, are we always just a pair? <laughs> Aren't we two individual human beings who have their own lives and hearts and, and passions? <laughs> Alexis. Sure. Okay. <laughs> well, you know then what? fine. This is this is this is a man who's been married too long. He doesn't even see he doesn't even exist. Everything to me is partnerships. <laughs> Everything. Okay. I don't just put jelly, I put butter and jelly. You know what I mean? I gotta put both on. You never even heard of one without the other. Pe- nah. When somebody says peanut butter, you're like, I feel, I feel like the word is missing something. I've, I've heard of it, but I feel like I don't it sounds very familiar. Yeah. It sounds like the beginning of something I really enjoy. It sounds incomplete, if I'm being honest. You know it's funny that you say that? I don't like vanilla ice cream and I don't like chocolate ice cream. I like vanilla and I and chocolate together. Okay. Maybe that's just the thing. Yeah, that's why you exclusively watch interracial pornography. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nothing Which else. is just home videos. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, so now that they know who we are. Now, okay? they know, now they know. We don't even have to say our names. Well, I will we tell are. them. You are Christian Polanco. And this, uh, the, the guy who just introduced me is Alexis Guerrero. You're damn right. Uh, and thank you for listening. Again, we are your favorite stand-up comedian to host a soccer podcast. That's right. The gulliest soccer podcast. That's right. The, the funniest soccer podcast uh and also just shout out to dave Monsion, the fern gulliest podcast <laughs> out here 
There's nobody as fern gully as we are. No, not at all, baby. <laughs> uh, but thank you for listening. Yeah, we had a we had a crazy weekend. I mean, we kind of led up crazy, to this a little bit. Crazy week. I mean, we did we uh, we did the Facebook Live last week for uh, at Jose at the Jose Studio, which was incredible, by the way. Which was incredible. With we uh, got to meet Tommy Smith with meet, a Y. Just meet Tommy Smith. No, baby, we got to hang out. We, we hung out. We spent we spent eight hours with Tommy Smith. Uh, if what we did was a rapper, it'd be called Lil Pow Wow. Okay, because we. <laughs> Pow wow with Tommy Smith. Yeah, if you don't know who Tommy Smith is, which I don't, how do how are you listening to this and not know who you Tommy fucking Smith? up? You you yeah you you messed up somebody. So uh uh Tommy Smith obviously uh, commentator for uh, ESPN for a very long time. You see him on uh, ESPN FC. I would say like World Cup. World Cup is what most people Cup, recognize you, him on. You, he does a lot of the lead up to the World Cup and a lot of the stuff during. You've the World heard Cup. you've heard this man's voice, Tommy Smith with a Y. You know. Yeah, and if you if you are a Philadelphia Union fan, one I'm sorry. And two, you hear his voice because he's one of the commentators. That's right. He's the local commentator at, uh, for the Philadelphia Union games. Queens dude. That's right. So uh, I, about, but uh, yeah, Irish, Irish above everything. <laughs> no, Queens first. Queens first and with a heavy Irish accent. Yeah, yeah. He's almost overwhelmingly Irish. <laughs> he's like, how do you sound like that? And you're also from Queens. It's very odd. Yeah, and he, let me tell you something. He not only hung in there with us, man, he was hilarious. Tom? Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, just you can tell the, the man's been on uh, been on a mic. A oh couple yeah, yeah, times. yeah, yeah. No, his his band. Let me tell you something. His banter bone, it's pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> you saw it bulging through his pants. Oh crap! <laughs> I heard what that sounded like, and I was like, maybe we'll gloss over it because Tommy Smith's an older gentleman and he's a nice guy. And Christian, for the first time, I think in history, was like, oh, let's take this plane down low. <laughs> Real close to the ground. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're gonna go as low as possible with these jokes. <laughs> but no, uh, that was uh, an incredible experience. Yeah, we got to do a Facebook live for for NY Fest. So, and, and we were talking about we've been talking about it for the last month. NY Fest yeah. is uh, is part of the Tribeca Film Festival, uh, but it's a charity uh, to raise money for America Scores New York, which is an after school program in New York for uh, for uh, you know in Harlem and in Washington Heights for for kids to play soccer after school, and it's a great <laughs> I mean program. So. Uh, they had a bunch of uh, entertainment, uh, you know, either, t- you know, people in entertainment. So they had uh, film yeah, studios, it was a, it was TV a, shows. It was a soccer tournament for the film and entertainment industry here in New York. Exactly. So, so that meant everything from production companies to advertising agencies. Yeah, advertising agencies. The NHL was there. NHL was there. We were body and some of those other teams. <laughs> yo. I mean, shoulder checking. I feel like they're in the wrong sport, man. Some of these dudes is real, real tough. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Stephen Colbert's show was there. The Trevor shows. Noah himself Trevor was playing yeah, the daily show had a team and trevor Noah was there we did interview him and that video will be coming out soon so make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel to see that oh so yeah make it's sure, so dope make sure you do that so and we were just we were on two live microphones wireless live microphones uh, the, and the if biggest ever, mistake they ever made they, they you know they they second thought it almost immediately <laughs> like during the sound check they were like what have we done uh so if you've never been to pier five in brooklyn bridge park it's it's basically three soccer fields uh, all next to each other on a, on a pier. On yeah, a, it's this a, massive pier. Yeah, so and then yeah, I grew up in Brooklyn. I went to high school near near there, and uh, Brooklyn Bridge Park. What is Brooklyn Bridge Park now? Was just a pier, like I think five, six, and seven, uh, five, maybe five through eight or something like that. And it was a dump. They, it was a dangerous place. You never wanted to go out there. It yeah. was just. It was just 
mounds of either garbage or cement or just dirt. There's just nothing ever going on. What's so funny is that's immediately the place I would have hung out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's just the kind of person I am. I'm like, yo, some shit's about to go down. Yo, five. yo is that dirt out there? <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Lexus. I'm going to go hang, hang out around some dirt. No, but I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, I bet you there's bodies out there. Like, that's the kind of kid I was. And you'd be like, don't go down there, Alexis. No, nope, it was very dangerous. <laughs> this whole area is very different. That whole area, I should say, because I, I don't want you people to know where I am. Uh, <laughs> that whole area was so different even going back maybe 10, 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. So to see what it is now, it's beautiful. And you've seen shots. A lot of people take pictures of it. A lot of um, like international, like soccer, uh, Twitter will post photos, like aerial photos of it. It's because gorgeous. It's, yeah. yeah. And you have these amazing views of Southern Manhattan. You can see the Staten Island Ferry, unfortunately. So that makes you a little sad. Mm -hmm. But you could see it right from the, so it's right out on the water. This whole pier is a bunch of these soccer pitches. And uh, Tribeca Film Festival and NYFest took over them. And they held this basically eight hour soccer event. It was this beautiful tournament. And we were. So for those of you who've been to Brooklyn, there's this promenade that looks over Southern Manhattan mm -hmm. just above, like up on the hill, right? Or on the cliff, if you will. So that kind of looks over, looks Pier 5. It's maybe half a mile away from where we were standing. So it's pretty far, but it's like overlooking it. Our voices were amplified to a level where people on the on the on the on the, on the promenade yeah. were listening to our jokes. My wife went up there to take a photo before she came down to where we were, and she said there was a group of people gathered there, kind of watching the festivities a bit and listening to the jokes and laughing along. So everyone heard us. It is the largest audience we've ever had. You yeah, know, some people are like, you know, I, I performed that. Madison Square Garden or whatever. You know, Kevin Hart brags about that stuff. Right, but Lincoln Financial in Philadelphia. Yeah, <laughs> but nah. Have you performed for Brooklyn? Yeah, come on, son. Have the you entire Brooklyn? Have you performed so loudly amplified that lower Manhattan is like, yo, these kids are hitting jokes right here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was amazing. Uh, yeah, it was surreal for us. Initially, you know what? I was surprised to, uh, at, uh, it, for, about myself that I thought I was going to be more... I was very nervous about the whole event. I, I thought I was going to be more nervous in general. I, I could tell you were a little nervous up front. Yeah, because there was a lot we had. There were there was a lot we were responsible for. But also, they really didn't give us a lot of direction before, so I could see why you would be nervous. Like they kind of yeah. handed us like uh, a couple notes on like what. But it was all, all the like, teams that were playing. It was and, like an outline form, like not the way you would hand it to someone, like if you were shooting a TV show or something. Yeah. And it was just like a very sporadic and it was kind of like, you'll figure it out as you go along, which is kind of true. We kind of did. We very much did. And I think we we made it our own thing. Oh, my God, boy, did we? But, <laughs> I mean, it was it was great. And I mean, just imagine uh, playing in a game. Play, imagine Trevor Noah's playing in a game against the late show with Stephen Colbert. You yeah. know, it's a, the Daily Show against Colbert and two comedians loudly amplified calling the game yeah calling every moment have. any foul yeah. any goal any little thing we're making jokes cracking jokes about everybody we're uh, roasting people in the stands we're doing everything and it was uh it was one of those pinnacles of like even just individually my career i just felt like this is a this is a, a good thing uh, uh and i never imagined like when i started doing comedy this i you never think this is i'm gonna end up now making jokes at, at a charity soccer event no, and by the way, it was massive. I would say 80% of the New York soccer community, like gatekeepers of the soccer community were there. And I would say probably 99% of the entertainment field, you know, like yeah. was represented there. And, and that to us was such an awesome, awesome opportunity. And first of all, we want to thank everyone that was involved from Who Say to the Tribeca Film Festival to Sony Pictures, everyone who just <laughs> trusted us with microphones. <laughs> and there were moments. I mean, the bravery it yeah, took really. on your part. <laughs> really? I mean, 
think of the way the internet freaks out when like a slightly overweight woman bears her naked body. <laughs> that amount of bravery that's thrown on her is what we should be throwing on yeah. these on these gentlemen and women who trusted oh my, us. She has thirteen percent body fat. Oh my, she's a hero. She, oh, <laughs> let's get her a plaque at Ground Zero. <laughs> Right. That is what the same feeling we have towards these groups of people that yeah. gave us. And there were moments where they questioned themselves. They second guessed whether they should. Well, or They shouldn't. weren't sure. I mean, they, they didn't know what to expect. I think the live, the Facebook live sort of gave them an idea of what we were about. Oh, they asked us to do 20 minutes yeah. and we did 48. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, now we got this. We, we're yeah. going to need a little. They were like, we're going to stretch. Yeah, I think, I think you're going to be happy with the amount of content we're giving you right here. Jimmy Conrad. Stop by for that live because he wasn't able to make it to the uh, to the actual fest. Uh, it was just incredible, and like we said, Trevor Noah and the guy who played Meyer Lansky in Boardwalk Empire, Michael Rapaport. Michael Rapaport. Yo, Michael Rapaport. Yo, you just make sure Michael Rapaport did confirm that he will be doing the Cool Against podcast. Yes, he did, and we have an email, so <laughs> cannot an wait. So that will be happening. And he is his wife is currently DMing with my wife. Okay, okay. So we've got some more connections. We can get the wives, okay. the wives to sort of make, or that. or we might have. Two Two divorces and okay. a new family started. Okay. <laughs> I'll marry Michael Rappaport if that's what you're suggesting. It would the, that that conversation would always be about the Knicks or about delis, and it would be the loudest conversations of all time. And W's would be in words that don't belong. Yeah, where they don't belong. But nonetheless, like it was just like this magical event. What was your favorite? Do you have a favorite moment? I haven't asked you that. My, one of my favorite moments before, as you're thinking about that, you were no, about to say, yeah, but yeah, go ahead. one of my favorite moments is when you and I were sort of riffing with each other from different from fields, like, yeah. from like <laughs> completely opposite ends. And it seemed like people were like, you know, we're here too, right? <laughs> we basically had a podcast conversation yeah. over live mics about, about a hundred feet away yes, from each other. It was, <laughs> people were looking at us like, do they know there's other people here and they can hear them? It was hilarious. That's great. Yeah. Uh, that was fun. I, I don't know. I think the. The moments I enjoyed the most were probably the penalty kicks, calling the penalty oh, kicks. That was so much fun. For, for each, uh, we, there were about, I think there were four penalty kicks yeah. uh, in, in games. Tiny shorts. Uh, tiny shorts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> shout Look out him to, up online. Shout out to Tiny Shorts. Yeah, who, Tiny Shorts for who, real. <laughs> yeah, he, he was playing on the, the, the Black Plus Plus team, which is, a, a I believe, a marketing agency in Los Angeles. I thought they were a production company. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they were, uh, you know, good, good great games. And then the, But the penalties were something that uh, we we provided uh, some color over because most penalties, like say you watch penalty, we were at the MLS Cup watching the penalties. It's quiet. You you don't hear the announcement. You're not watching the game right. on television. Well, I think they do that on purpose. It's a high pressure moment. It's a high pressure. Like, Let's not interrupt. <laughs> well, and you not and I decided. <laughs> Let's do the opposite. Let's get in their heads. Yeah. <laughs> we there were moments where the guy about to step up and take the shot would look at us and be like, Yo. "I'm laughing, but could you shut the fuck up?" It was, I'm literally. This is like the most. Intense pressure I've ever been under. <laughs> yeah. This is a charity soccer game. <laughs> we have people watching. Could you please leave? But it, we added uh, uh, th that tension, it was almost like narrating a, a movie or a documentary over like over these penalty kicks and making 100%. jokes and making people laugh, sort of uh, uh, e easing everybody towards what was about to happen. But also like we made it less about the game itself and more about like we're all out here having fun yes and i think that was needed because some of these people took it a little <laughs> too seriously they really wanted which reminds me of me like that's what i would do yeah. i would be taking it way too seriously so. i mean look it's it's a uh, 
people, regardless of charity, want to help kids. It's like, nah, man, I want to compete. I mean, there's <laughs> there's people going up. Someone who we know we're friends with uh, went right up, jawed up Trevor Noah and called him a bitch. <laughs> and we were like, you're never going to work in this business again. You need to stop. That was the best moment and ever. Then, and then in true G fashion, he apologized to them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to even give a hint as to who it might have been. Uh, but, uh, you know, just all around. My favorite moment uh, was when we started, uh, we mentioned we weren't given a lot of information. We weren't told what our responsibilities would be. Like, they kind of just said. I mean, like, they said these are a couple things you ne- definitely need yeah, to keep hitting there on. were definitely some marching orders, but there yeah. weren't like, all right, here's the tone. Here's what we expect to hear. And it's kind of hard for comedians or people in like, I would even say no, specifically comedians, because actors are kind of given a script. It's hard for us to know what's our what's our barrier? What's our line? There's kids around. So I know, okay, we can't swear too much, but what's our line? Like, what should we not do? I love what you hear that there's kids around. You're like, well, we can't swear too much. <laughs> too I mean, much. definitely we have to swear. Oh no, because- we gonna, we gonna cuss it up. <laughs> because, but you know. because I cannot completely take that off the table. Yeah. Well, listen, there were more adults than kids. So just, you know, <laughs> ratio wise, I could swear a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but we weren't really given. So I was like, you know, my mode tends to be let's test the boundaries sure. so we know where the line is. Like, I don't mind getting a yellow, if you will. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, OK, so if I do that again, I'll get a red. So mm-hmm. I'll stop there and I'll do everything just up to that point. Imagine like if, one of the refs yellowed us or red card. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> but like, if you know you're going to get a speeding ticket at 79, I'm going to do so. I mean, at 80, I'm going to do 79. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. all right. So there. All right. Not to bring up a touchy subject for you. Yeah. You just got a speeding ticket. I just got a speeding ticket. <laughs> He's so upset about it. But so there we go. Right. So what is the line? So Heath Pierce, former MLSer. That's right. Former men's national team player. Mm-hmm. Currently, I mean, I guess in a way you could say that's our competition, right? He's 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 playing on a different team, although Kick TV does have a team there. Mm-hmm. He's not playing on the Kick TV team. So I basically called him a ringer. This is live. Everyone can hear this. Yeah. And I said, oh, we got a couple ringers on this on this uh, team. Was going, a, that was a kicking and screening team, right? Kicking and screening. Mm-hmm. And that's right, which is a great media company and a great uh, part of the festival. They do a lot of soccer movies, which is really mm-hmm. cool. Um, if you guys saw the NYCFC uh, documentary win, that's a kicking and screening uh uh, uh, movie. So long story short, I said, oh, we got a couple ringers. I go, I, some of these guys might be getting paid. I go, in fact, Heath is probably making more today than he made his entire rookie season in MLS. <laughs> and it hit. It hit big. Yeah. Uh, a lot we, of people laugh. Specifically with him. Yeah. And <laughs> the So what made this my favorite part wasn't just saying that. I kind of give Christian a look like we're about to find out if that was cool <laughs> or not. And Christian gave me a look like, of course you would do that within five minutes of this whole thing starting. And no one kind of said anything. But I would say about halfway through the day Heath Pierce is walking back across the middle area where we kind of were based out of right uh he kind of got and I could see him trying to make eye contact with me and I'm trying to avoid it to some degree because we were about to call like the next round of matches Mm -hmm. and then he stopped and I was like all right I gotta look at this guy I'm not I can't shy away I look at him he goes I heard you and I go (laughs) oh yeah and he goes I didn't have a rookie season by the way I played in Europe first so I was like Oh, I didn't know. And he was like, he just laughed. He goes, but it was funny. I was like, okay, cool. It was just like, all right. So there's no tension here. That was just yeah. one of my favorite moments. Yeah, it was like, yeah, that was definitely the the first like risque thing said. Yeah, yeah. That was like the oh, does this button send the nukes? No. Okay, good. Yeah. So I'm gonna keep on pressing yeah. it. Oh man, and boy, did we press that? Because <laughs> obviously, nothing bad happens when I hit it. <laughs> yeah. And you and I just, you, I mean, you you seem to take the the less risque. 
Like, like you're funny. Don't with, judge with, my comedy. I'm, I'm saying you're funny without <laughs> having to. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't mean uh, yeah. per se. I mean, that was more of a mean joke. I wouldn't say it was mean. I mean, it was like it was a it was a roast. It was a roast joke. It was roast. I, 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 yeah, roast, it was roast worthy. Yeah, for without sure. a doubt. And I, I yeah, I, I was more. I I when I when if you roast, you roast me. When I'm around uh, people I don't know very well, I lean more towards clever, something just cheeky and clever. Yeah, you, as, which exactly as opposed to uh, if I know people. Then I will. Right. Uh, you know, I've been, especially we've been hanging out, obviously, the last year and a half, a lot more than ever. And so I, my sensibility has gotten a little bit more roasty where I'm like, when I'm hanging around comics, I'll just like be a little meaner. Right. Because I'm like, yeah, this feels more normal. Right. Because I've, I've influenced you <laughs> negatively. No, but just in general, there's a, there's a certain, there's certain comics you hang out with that more like you make, they, they, you know, kind of roast each other, make, uh, just right. make a lot of jokes. And there's some that are, that are some that are, are like fo- very quippy. Yeah. Or some people are clearly, they're funny comedians but they're not they're not funny in that way no no with like the banter back and forth yeah they're very insulated so sometimes i'll i'll find myself in situations where i'm like making i'm kind of roasting some people hard who are not really the the roast type you know and they're like why are you being so mean mean to me yeah (laughs) yeah which by the way was my first year in comedy i walked in look at this asshole who's that prick (laughs) fucking ugly shirt over there and everyone's like you need to calm down buddy pump the brakes i came in hot right (laughs) thinking this is this is it this is the but what i'm saying is is like you you don't go roast right away no but what i love about it is that you know me so well now that the moment i go roast you are loading the barrel (laughs) with something to say whether it's against me or against that person and it just it's it's such a great back and forth. And uh, some someone came up to me and was like, oh, my God, you're one of the people with the microphones. Yeah. And they're like, which one are you, the loud one? <laughs> and I was just like, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, where's the other guy? And I'm like, oh, he's probably over there somewhere. And they're like, oh, man, you guys are so funny. It's like, you know, it's the two of you. And they said that. And uh, your your uh, girlfriend's mom, who was there, oh, yeah. who was like, you know, I've heard Christian. Uh, you know, he's hilarious on his own. I know he's like, I've been, she said, I've been told you're funny. And then the two of you together just have a great and i think that's that moment that that whole event i think showed that what everyone listens and hears on this podcast hopefully it translated to that event i think it did i think so too so yeah overall i mean just yeah and go to nyfest.org go follow nyfest because they, they're gonna be around uh they're gonna be doing that every year during the tribeca film festival and we're hearing rumbling we're hearing rumbling that's right here <laughs> That rumbling, we're hearing rumblings that there may be an LA fest. Yeah, or that rumbling is an earthquake on. The, or on I, the didn't fault line. Yeah. I didn't eat lunch. I didn't eat lunch, which could be possible. There might be an LA fest uh, happening. Uh, there is a slight rumor. We, you know, the the tweets is talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the tweets is talking. <laughs> We've heard it. So well, we are talking back, saying we would be honored. Yeah, so, we're, we're we're so happy that they asked us to do it. They have not asked, uh, but hopefully they do. And and for all the, I know, for everyone that we didn't get a chance to go to the NYCFC match because of it, we didn't get to see the Clasico, uh, El Clasico because of it. But uh, hopefully, I mean, I didn't get to see an Arsenal match because of it. I mean, there were so many, so many, so many yeah. things that we missed. But it was for a great event, and uh, my face is viciously sunburned because of it. Uh, who knew that being outside for eight hours, you should put on sunblock? Yeah, it didn't even mm. cross. Yeah, Honestly, sunblock being, you know, darker skin than you, that doesn't really ever cross my mind. But Me I did, neither. But I did get kind of burned. Uh, yeah, but not you can as, see. You have like a pinkish hue right now. Yeah. I, I have like a slightly red-brown hue. Yeah, you look, you look like a, a white man's penis. So <laughs> you're, that, you're that red. Oh, uh, you know what? <laughs> 
I don't want to know why that was the first point of reference you have. Hey, just where my yeah. it's just where my head went. No pun intended. And where did his go? Is what we're all wondering. Come to the Airbnb. Uh, by the way, I saw that we got an explicit tag for that uh, last podcast episode. The yeah, Chicago well, Airbnb. there was a lot of explicit. Stuff. I was, but for the first time ever, I was like, oh, we earned that one. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time, I'm like, oh, what did we say? Like one or two words. One or two words. I get very upset. That one, I was like, oh no, we fully earned that one. Yeah, there was a, a, a long based on from last week's episode. We we were doing a bunch of jokes about having an orgy at an Airbnb in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. So that's if you did, I didn't hear that. Then yeah. that's what we're talking about. And right. it was it was all based on uh you know the the MLS All Star Game and you know so great jokes. Go back to the last episode. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> but they were, uh, uh, it, it definitely resonated with people <laughs> yeah. online. I would say some people were very interested in that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, Tropic Sound, Tropic Sounders was. Uh, and Kale Parker had an entire conversation. <laughs> without us. Without just, us. Just about the details of this. <laughs> how, how wh- Who's staying where? What? <laughs> what's allowed? What's <laughs> not allowed? And it's, look, rules need to be kind of, you know. I'm glad that there were ground rules set up. <laughs> they need to be cleared up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, also, I. Uh, Kale said we could have it at her apartment just no one's allowed to touch the fridge and I was like oh no the fridge is in play and I actually tweeted this but then I deleted it I was about to tweet it. I sent it to you and you were like yeah nah because I said there is only one rule for the fridge if it's not sticky it's stinky and which I don't I don't even know what that means oh I think you know exactly what that means. <laughs> I think you know exactly because both of those seem bad so I don't know yeah. what, what are my options over here do I eat the food do I not do, not, do not eat any of the food it feels like whatever option I take, it's still I'm still going to be unhappy. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Well, I mean, somebody's happy uh, because of that uh, that food um, or on that food. Anyway, uh, so uh, that was our weekend, but there was also a bunch of MLS games. That's right. Uh, there's a we'll we'll cover uh, this the breakdown of this show. We're gonna gonna cover uh, a game or two right now, uh, and then we have an amazing interview uh, with Nipun Chopra. Oh, can't wait for that. Who is a who is a journalist slash neuroscientist, uh, which is incredible. Like you. Rarely hear soccer journalists and neuroscientists in the same on the you, you rarely see it on the same resume. Yeah, unless you're saying like, "What? He's not a goddamn." You know, it's not like he's a. Yeah, yeah that's how you usually hear neuroscientists. If it's it's just if it's like uh, it's just like if all of a sudden Bill Nye just started commenting like <laughs> no, doing no. Com- yeah. commenting on games. If like- Neil deGrasse Tyson was really into the lower divisions of American soccer. Yeah, just uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson is just a huge, uh, you know, Indy Eleven fan. <laughs> yeah, that's that's who we have. That's on cool. The so yeah, Nipun Chopra from from Indianapolis, uh, journalist and and uh, and great interview. So we're gonna uh, hear him uh, in a couple minutes. But let's start the show with some Major League Soccer. Obviously, uh, uh, you know, we missed a couple games on the Sunday, but yeah. Um, Great weekend overall. There were so many uh, great games. Let's start with uh, Toronto and Chicago. Chicago, uh, Russia, bound for Russia. That's right. Uh, he, They're doing so, pretty well in the group stage right now. Yeah, so. <laughs> and they were they were undefeated up until this match after Schweinsteiger came in. Yeah, that's right. They have a couple of so, well, I think two draws and one win, I believe yeah. they had. So, I mean, look, where we've seen now that Schweinsteiger isn't magical, but he is really, really good. Um, and the Chicago Fire... Have that. I'm think I'm saying it like you now. The Chicago Fire. Mm, it's infectious, <laughs> right? You're getting roasty. I'm forgetting how to say the uh, cities correctly. Uh, so the Chicago Fire have a lot of pieces, and the thing that I that I think this is what's frustrating most for MLS fans is if you're a fan of the Premier League, every match 
has a high level of intensity and matters doing the double. Those are important because it's a balanced schedule. This isn't a balanced schedule, right? So you can lose a few matches and you'll be fine, right? You just got to get to the playoffs. And I think a team like Chicago is almost overly prepared for the playoffs. They just have to get there. So yeah. this isn't a big deal that they lost to Toronto, right? They, uh, th- this was the first time since Bastion has been there that they, th- th- I expected this type of match at Bastion's first game. Bastion's first game, he was picking passes, picking everybody on on the pitch. He was doing great. Right. Uh, but this was the first time that I think t- t- Toronto, defensively, they were like, no, we're going to shut down some of their options. Two parts, though. You're right, defensively. But, I mean, Javinko hadn't shown up all that much up until this match, and he showed the hell up. Yeah, he very much did. Obviously, so Toronto ended up winning this match 3-1, to one, but, you know, the... Overall, I mean, the the one goal that um, that Chicago did score from David Akam <sighs> was uh, just a, more of a mistake from uh, Benoit Giroux. And yeah. then uh, and, and Akam, once he has the ball in open space, you're not catching up to him. No. So that's basically he just took command of that. Uh, but, yeah, I think the, the highlight of this game is really how great Gio was. Uh, I Joe, mean, if I'm not mistaken, I know he had that one goal that cut across his own body. Yeah. Uh, he releases the ball so fast. You can't, it, it's, you you see when defenders, it's hard to cover him, especially in the box, near the box, because if you close in on him too quickly, he's going to make a move and you might foul him. Right. And if you, and if you foul him outside the box, that you, you just, it's just as good as a penalty yeah. to some degree. <laughs> 100%. Because they should start allowing walls to be built for his penalties, by the way, because he's <laughs> that good with free kicks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, defenders, they give him a second to, to, to control the ball and see where he might go and try to predict his next move. But by he's then, already he's already gone. Oh, he's already taken a shot. Or like he did in this one, he megs you with the shot. That's which, right. Which is also like another genius thing because the keeper has less opportunity to see it. So he has less opportunity to react. Yeah. It's all these little details that he does really, really well. Um, and the other one was a free kick uh, goal, which, right? It was a yeah, free kick. Was yeah, a free I kick was goal. confused for a second. It just, it's so hard People are freaking out about Nemanja Matic's goal, you know, for Chelsea in the FA Cup against Tottenham. This is just as good, you know yeah. what I mean? It, it, this it, I can't even explain the science behind. We should ask Nipun. Yeah, I can't explain the science behind how that ball travels in that direction, but it just does, and it dips at the right moment, and it just seems like they're magnetically unattracted to the keepers. The, like the the balls he kicks, it's amazing. Yeah, the, the I mean the the keeper, not not to say that he didn't have a chance, but the ball was hit with such force uh, and it had such pace on it that it. Part of me questions like, uh, some, somebody asked this on Twitter to someone else, but I don't remember who. Um, about like, uh, basically, do you think that the height of the player, like, do you think shorter players have a a, a better advantage with dribbling? Uh, and and it might have been lower center of gravity, lower center of gravity, and it might have been like Matthew Dole or somebody. I don't remember who. Um, but basically, they they were just saying like, there's nothing, there's no science to suggest that that's the case. That 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 short players are better dribblers, and, and you can see, you know, Ibrahimovic is probably a good example of like some he's a giant dude, man. He and he seems to he can do as many, you know, uh, dribble as well as like Messi, right? In, in my opinion, uh, and that's. In, Sometimes that I think of that when I think of Jovinko. I'm like, D- does this shorter player have like this? Can they come up to, uh, under the ball at a better angle or at a just a slight degree of a difference that they can get under the ball and help it come down? I think the the thing is, is the force in which his leg travels 
He's got because it's shorter, you know, it travels at a shorter distance. It would be like someone, you know, you think of a, you know, you think of sort of some uh, like a ball at the end of a string. Yeah, the string is shorter, and his muscles are so dense. Okay, and he's so like so. I think there he can hit it with a harder force than someone imagine, who's larger will because the, there's more friction. Imagine the thighs on that man. Jeez, <sighs> must be just like tree trunks for on this like on this tiny man. You talked about. Two very suspicious things. <laughs> Nothing suspicious about it, no, bro. Sus. I think you. Got, I think you got all the answers you need. <laughs> <laughs> what, whatever, whatever puzzle you're putting together, buddy, you just got the last piece. I just imagine like Jovinko walking with like someone taller, like Josie, and you know when you walk with short, short people, they're like, like. Keep up. Your 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 short legs are not allowing. I have to like yeah. you don't know like what pace to sort of like they have to walk too fast or, yeah, or walk yeah, yeah. to use a lot of for, uh, effort to walk and you have to like slow down your pace. So it must be it must be a little. For, everybody must hate Gio for that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he's the one paying for all the drinks. I don't think anyone says anything. They're like, yeah, no, walk as slow as Gio's walking. Yeah, I, overall, I think uh, Chicago. Um, you know, I don't think this is any time to sort of panic. But this was like the first game, or even you saw Bastion like. They got they got smacked. They yeah. got they they got shown like oh no you you guys don't have anything figured out yet like yeah though- you're not you're not you're not all solved <laughs> yeah and let me ask you a question I, we made some predictions right at the beginning of the season I said Atlanta Vancouver I'm obviously very wrong with Vancouver yeah uh, I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to take that back Vancouver lost again by the way um what do you think as far as the East are you willing to put Chicago or are you willing to put Toronto up there? No, I think now I have. I'm, you thought Toronto was going to go back. So, I thought Toronto was going to go back. I, I still think they're going to be. They look great. I mean, they had a, a you know a couple they had their moments of you know uh, first uh, few games that they were figuring stuff out. But I I think overall they're they're a very good team. Um, right now I think I, I might change that to Orlando. Orlando's looking like. Some uh, grown ass men. They're looking like a tough team. Speaking of man, the, what Laren did to. The defenders <laughs> to our the back line of the, the club we love, yeah, is embarrassing. Yeah, uh, what? How much? Where are we with time? Let me see if we, we do we. We're just, at thirty-one minutes so far. All right, let's we'll we'll talk about the NYCFC Orlando game right now, and then we'll go into the. Interview. We'll go to our interview, and then we'll come back. We'll do a third segment, uh, and, and, and we'll, we'll finish do, up we'll, so, some of the other games. So, yeah, uh, yeah NYCFC against Orlando. Uh, Orlando wins is two to one in Yankee Stadium. Uh, and boy, again, they won again. I believe they've won four times in a row at Yankee Stadium. Um, or they no, they've never lost. They've never lost. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they not that they've never under Christ they haven't lost. No, but no he, I think it's four, four, uh, four matches in a row under Christ. Yeah, under Christ. I mean, uh, NYCFC has beaten Orlando, not at Yankee Stadium. I think so. Mm, I don't know. All right. Well, who cares? We uh, should probably know that. <laughs> Let's do another thirty second pause while we Google. <laughs> no, so NYCFC. Igor loves those. NYCFC. Uh, I kind of expected them to get redemption here after losing the the first game of the season to Orlando. Uh, they lost one nothing. I, I I figured it would be like another sort of defensive battle, but but the big difference here. Uh, uh, Ronald Matarita was injured during training the, the uh, a couple days prior. Yeah. So he wasn't available for the game. So uh, Patrick Vieira decided to put uh, Rodney Wallace uh, in his position. Another Costa Rican. Yes, just uh, <laughs> swapping Costa Ricans. You're only allowed to have a Costa Rican on the left back side. So uh, I didn't agree with that decision. Uh, I guess if you think of it, sort of the fact that you know Vieira uses them as sort of wing backs, it makes a little sense. But I think the reason why you don't agree with it is because if you're Orlando, you look at that and go, oh, there's a place of weakness there. Yeah. I would have gone with a three back. 
Yeah, which I I think they did. I'm, I'm not. I don't know if they. It kind of they play like a three back. Yeah, but I would love to have but, seen you know Chano, um, Cayens, and uh, maybe even Ethan White or R.J. Allen as the three backs. Yeah, and I then agree. give yourself two of those sort of fly forward wing backs. I agree. Because then, yeah, then then you have. But then again, I mean, that's asking a lot. You know, three back uh, lineup. Again, I'm an Arsenal fan, so I'm really into them right now mm-hmm. because Wenger's been using them to a lot of success. But um, it takes a lot of coordination to be able to do that. So that might have been tough to do, like in, you know, in such short notice. Yeah, it just it it you sort of just wonder. You know, Laren is is the guy in Orlando. Yeah. You know. Just it's it's like don't let him get the ball. That's really like I mean not not that that's easy. Don't let him get the ball. don't let him body you towards the ball, and that's exactly what they do. He had a forearm in Wallace's neck. Yeah, how do you do that? How do you handle a forearm from a grown ass man? I think in it looks. I think it looks worse because Kyle Aaron is that big, and Rodney Wallace is is that small. Can I say so? Rodney Wallace looked big until he got next to <laughs> the only person that could defend Kyle Aaron. That's not a defender is like Josie Altador. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, Look, Laren. Laren looks like you know when when uh, um, somebody switches off and uh, in in the like when Shaq was playing and somebody switched off and then there was like a small forward yeah uh, covering Shaq and it's like well small forward is still a guy who's like six you know six 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 yeah. seven that guy's a monster every room Everywhere. he's in besides <laughs> but, this one right now yeah and and Laren is like yeah the ball the, if the ball's going up. He's yeah, he's going to do what he has to do to get there. He I don't think he did anything malicious. I mean, obviously he just Yeah, no, I don't think so. I just think it's a, it's a he gained a lot of leverage by putting just, his big ass forearm <laughs> in Rodney Wallace's just, not so big neck. It's a uh, I always like, uh, you know, Alex Carabagno, uh, our friend, another comedian, he's yeah. a big soccer player. And he does, he does a great Jamaican accent. It's like he does a lot of jokes with yeah, Jamaican he, accent. He, a lot of videos online with that about Jamaican accent. But I love when he, he when he does the Jamaican accent about when when he uh, talking about playing with uh, his Jamaican uh, soccer player friends yeah he's like big man game it's a big man game yeah. and, that, and that's exactly what, what that's I was, what Kyle, what, what Kyle is Aaron is just he's a big man he's yeah. a big man game. he's doing big man things <laughs> yeah. not to sound like Drake uh but yeah he's doing some big man things out there and and not to sound you. like Drake yet everybody sounds like Drake yeah that's that, true. well Drake sounds like everybody <laughs> I think if we're gonna be honest um and you could tell you could tell that they're you know it's it's difficult I think to to lose to you know Jason Christ who who's such a bad coach when he was here there's no other way there's no if fans are butts about it and they're playing really well and this is all without Kaka you know what I mean Kaka. And, and I think the thing that we, and, and we had uh, sp- uh spoken to Alicia Rose Delgado the the the, the beat writer for the Orlando city for the Orlando Sentinel. Right. And we were talking about this exact thing about how they, they, the big difference in Orlando city is just how much they focus on defense. Jonathan Spector again was just great. In, incredible. I mean, they, they just always find a way to stop shots. And, and uh, um, that, that, I mean, that's, that, that's why uh, Orlando has had such a, a like giant transition from the previous season where they, you know, they missed the playoffs. They just so focus so much clearly on defense. And uh, as long as that back line stays healthy, I think they're going to be, I think they might take the East. That's, that's, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I mean, uh, you know, defensively, we talk about this in every other sport, right? That's what, that's what wins playoffs is your defense. So if they're defending at such a high level, if they've got such a strong back line, it's hard for me to sit here and argue with you against that. They but would, I will love to see Atlanta United at full strength versus 
Um, this no, well, version of Orlando. Atlanta United is not allowed to field 11 players. That's the new rule. For That's Atlanta. it. Well, yeah. no. Well, if they do, you know, one of them is going to get a red card <laughs> in the first 20 minutes. I think they, it's, it, the, the, the lineup, you know, when they show all the players in their positions, just one of them should be a red card. Just yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> well, just their remove. formations are like 4-4-1-1. Four, four, one, one. That extra one you think is another, another no. forward. No, no. That's the red card. No, it's 4-4-1 four, four, red. That's, yeah, uh, that's exactly that's right. Yeah. The new formation. Yeah. <laughs> Tata Martino is really changing the game. Yeah, he's <laughs> revolutionizing it. Uh, he's here. really getting ahead of these referees i bet you he trains with only 10 players he's like because this is probably what we're gonna end up doing um, uh so i would love when joseph martinez is back to watch that that, that group go up against a non-caca having orlando okay and by the way there's a lot of rumblings a lot of rumblings mm. of you your know, stomach the, again yeah there you go <laughs> of uh you know how nycfc plays without Pirlo. oh yeah they that- are plus seven Goals when Pirlo's off the off the pitch, yeah, zero. So they're even. They 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 give up as many as they score while he's on the pitch. Yes. So I wonder if the same thing's happening in Orlando. If they're realizing they might be better without Kaká. That's an interesting question. I mean, it's it's tough to say because he got hurt like in the first six minutes of yeah. the first game. So I feel like there's not even enough data to. What I'm saying is, I'm sure there's some people who are like, eh, maybe take your time. Yeah, any Orlando fans, let us know if you don't want Kaká there. Yeah. <laughs> Do you agree with Alexis? Or if you want Pirlo, there's a lot of NYCFC fans who. <laughs> Do you want to trade Kaká for Pirlo? That would be that would be pretty <laughs> wild. Um, what, which would suck because I mean I think we found out that Brazilians make up the majority of Orlando fans, so That's, they're like, yeah, no, we no, don't want Pirlo. No one one other thing about that nycfc game that was uh i think to take away from a just a cool thing that set piece goal from david villa uh, uh against orlando that was wild i mean it was a uh i mean a free kick yeah uh, you know in, in their half but pretty far away from the box but just a pass away from uh to the near post kind of wide just right. kind of i would say nine times out of ten this always goes badly yeah and it was almost lobbed yeah and like but obviously is you got Iguaje over there yeah uh so he's gonna handle it a di- little differently but this was he like re-diverted the lob i don't even know how to explain it because he really didn't kick it but he did it in a way where the ball sort of just careened like a little rainbow yeah at, but at, an, at a tough angle yeah it uh, did an l it was a what a 45 degree angle away from where no i guess 90 90 degree angle away from where the ball was the trajectory yeah. of the ball so really really impressive while well, he was running in the direction the original trajectory of the ball so this is this is world class yeah and that's the thing is like uh, you know seeing a bunch of nycfc games being there uh uh seeing set pieces seems to be a thing they they don't score too much too much of corners uh, but they do have. They got uh, some stuff for set pieces. Yeah, yeah a range set ground. Things. Yeah, and it is. Uh, and this was one of them that that worked out well. Right. And the 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 thing that sucks is that they lost. But this was incredibly impressive, and it's 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 easy to sort of forget about a gloss over. But th- that was. That was crazy. Yeah, I mean, that, that would be a, a showing his class. That was a tough shot. And Bendik, who's been probably the best keeper in the MLS right now, uh, tough shot. And that yeah. was, I, I, I may not get a goal of the week because Nagby's goal is probably a, a little bit better. Oh, my God. Uh, but I, I thought that was uh, pretty impressive. All right, so why don't we do this? Let's take a break. We'll be right back with uh, Nipun Chabra. You might know him from Twitter. Um, it cares a lot about the lower leagues, very level headed, which is also important. Yeah. Yeah. It does not shit on just MLS or, or MLS fans, which is really great. Just a really, really sharp mind when it comes to this. Kind yeah, of stuff. It, definitely. You know, we, we don't talk about promotion relegation and, and lower leagues like too, too much, but this was, this is a very in-depth conversation about the whole thing. So if you don't know much about what's going on in the lower divisions of soccer, this is an interview that you want to listen right. to. Right. And it's not a commercial for either side. 
side. It's a very open conversation. Yeah. So we'll be right back. We're going to take a little break. We'll be right back with Nipun Chopra. And then after that, we'll come back for a third segment. We'll finish up talking about MLS and some other stuff. Sound good? Sound good. Talk to you guys soon. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to that first segment. We got some nice news. We've got a new sponsor. Yeah, we do. It's yeah. exciting. We're, this is a big one, too. Yeah, we're excited to be working with these guys. Uh, we absolutely love this publication. We read Howler. We've done a video. The Pierlo taste test was uh, Howler's creation, and we did a video for it. We absolutely love Howler. If you don't know what Howler is, it's a, it's part magazine, part art project, really. And they really do a deep dive into the soccer uh, world. They cover stories that no one else covers. It's absolutely incredible, and it's all based in America. It's an American soccer magazine. Magazine, and it is the most beautiful American soccer magazine. Exactly. It is a, it, it's a, a physical magazine. It is not just an online. They do online publications. And Great stuff like online that. stuff. Great online work. But it, it's every every uh, every magazine that they put out, it, they feel like a collector's item. So Absolutely. They, they're a cool thing to just have. Uh, uh, I mean, you can always look through them. I mean, they, they, it's like having a, a, almost like a. Uh, a snapshot in history of soccer every right. time you have every time you have a physical copy of that magazine it's almost like a quarterly table like coffee table a book very it's, much so, yeah, yeah really cool so if you guys go to shop.howlermagazine.com that's shop.h-o-w-l-e-r-m-a-g-a-z-i-n-e.com you can get yourself the magazine and if you use Cooligans is your promo code. You're going to get 20% off. Exactly. So do that. You will be supporting the show. You'll be getting a great uh, uh, soccer magazine and uh, just a, a piece of, yeah, like like Alexis was saying, a piece of art uh, on your coffee table, uh, you know, every couple of months. It's a great, uh, it's a great magazine. We love it. Uh, and if you want to help out the Cooligans, you want to help out Howler, subscribe to Howler magazine. That's uh, right. You're, you're, gonna, you're not going to regret it. Absolutely. So just go to shop.howlermagazine.com. Again, that's shop.h www.lermagazine.com. Use the word Cooligan, C-O-O-L-I-G-A-N-S, and you're going to get yourself 20% off, and you're going to be helping us out, which would be awesome. We're back, baby. We're back, guys. Thank you again for sticking with us. Yeah, through all through thick know, and thin. You know, because after the first segment, you could you could have been like, you know what? I'm done with these I'm guys. I'm done with this right here. <laughs> but no, you know what you did? You stuck around listening to our commercial, and yeah, you came right back. And, and you should. We got an amazing interview for you guys. So we talk a lot about, uh, you know, American soccer. We primarily talk about the top flight if you will you mm -hmm. know uh mainly that's that's sort of our interest but there's all this sort of excitement going on underneath that sort of top layer and we've touched on it from time to time but we're not experts we're, we are not experts you know and we're certainly not neuroscientists you know <laughs> yeah, that's i know people think we are just from how intelligent we sound time time, i should remove it from my business card <laughs> yeah but... yeah it's really rude of you uh <laughs> com comedian slash neuroscientist <laughs> always scares people uh but you know we decided we wanted to get someone who is an expert and also kind of a genius. Ladies and gentlemen, unless you're driving, put your hands together for the one, the only Nipun Chopra, everybody. Hey, hey guys. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for having me. I, I don't know if I'm uh, anything close to a genius, but uh, I do make a lot of fart jokes. I mean, I think I'll, I'll uh, I belong. But you know who also made fart jokes? Einstein. Yeah. So and me. So I think the three of us. You're in good yeah, company. Yeah. I think people would say, including my mother, that the three of us are geniuses. Actually, you know what? My mother would be the first to throw me under the bus. Why am I even pretending that that's possible? My mother tried to get my wife not to marry me. She's like, you've met him before, right? Uh, true story. But listen, you, for some strange reason, <laughs> love all of this that's going on in the lower divisions. Now, you're an yeah. Indy 11 fan, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly right. Uh, that's the reason I became interested in all the the background madness, which you kind of hinted at in your introduction. 
Um, so before we, before yeah, I don't mean to cut you up, but I just want to no, le- let everyone know who you are, because obviously oh, sure, we sure. are, uh, we're two stand-up comedians. We, we don't pretend to be experts in, in, in soccer, in American soccer. We're learning a lot as sort of, as we go along and uh, we, we, we like to have a good time, but who you, I, I found you, uh, this Christian, obviously I found you yeah. on Twitter and I, I I, I remember the first time I saw you, uh, I think it was on a Periscope. You was, did like, it, was it love, love at first sight? It said? was in, in, immediate, yeah. His, his face turned into the, the smiley faced emoji with the hearts, <laughs> the hearts on, yeah. uh, on the eyes. <laughs> but I, I, I watched the Periscope that you did, and you were doing a Q&A about the NASL and, and what was going on at the time. But please let everyone know who you are, how you got into into all of this, and also uh, you, you're sort of, you seem to be a target for a lot of people, uh, when it comes to debating, uh, what, what where America, American soccer stands, promotion relegation, and, and just please so, sort of sum up, uh, uh wh- what all of that is. Sure. So, so my history with the game, I, I grew up in India and I, uh, watched Manchester United since I was a kid, um, and then moved here stateside followed the game, um, you know, followed Man United. And then around 2011, uh, there was rumblings of a professional team here in Indianapolis where I've been since 2009. Um, And so I fell in love with Indy 11. I've been a season ticket holder since the first year itself. Um, And and then along the way, uh, last year, I started noticing that there wasn't a lot of information and because I had done multiple podcasts, I'd worked with World Soccer Talk and I'd done stuff with The Guardian and I'd done all this podcast stuff before uh, that I, I was in this privileged position where um, I had some contacts within the game. So I started asking them, not really expecting responses and, and found out that many of them wanted to talk and just didn't have an avenue to share that information. So uh i will again i was in this privilege privilege maybe unfairly privileged position to share this information and i did um and that was the genesis of my writing within the last year um as for your uh your second part of your question in terms of being a target i think that just goes with the turf of being uh part of american soccer these days oh yeah Uh, we know that (laughs) yeah exactly i was gonna say i was gonna say i mean you guys know this for now uh now you do so it is just uh it's a very it's a very divided community uh and not just based on just one thing not just based on prorel it's divided and based on uh soccer itself so like there's a huge divide between uh mls people who who don't really care for loading soccer and and vice versa and has nothing to do with prorel they just don't want to watch the other product for whatever reason so it's a very divided community and i think some of the rhetoric that comes out of it is what you might have noticed. I will say, though, that I think a large part of it, because I remember Christian and I both went to like Metro Stars games when we were growing up. And, you know, it always seemed like it was almost like a make-believe soccer league. Like it didn't seem real because the soccer that we were used to seeing, maybe it's different for Christian, but for me, I was used to seeing it on TV and they were, you know, the fans were everywhere. There were no empty seats and people were standing and going nuts. And then you would go to Giant Stadium and it seemed like there was no one there. I mean, there was like maybe a couple thousand, but in a stadium that seats 50,000, it looks like no one's there. And then the other thing was the football lines, the NFL lines on the pitch. 
it always made it seem like it was a high school game. You know, it always seemed like it was not quite good enough. Right. So I think I know it is for me to some degree when I watch some of the lower league teams, I kind of get that MLS 1.0 PTSD. You know what I mean? <laughs> Does that make sense to you? Like, absolutely. Like I watched like Indy 11 and Cincinnati FC and, uh, you know, Orlando before they came up, like some of those teams you know, have they? They're doing it right, but then every once in a while, you know, you'll you'll put on like before they went away the Silverbacks or you know the Scorpions and and even Minnesota United to this day they're playing on the Minnesota pitch, uh, Minnesota University, and it says Minnesota on it. I watch it and I kind of cringe a little bit, like I get hair, the hairs rise on the back of my neck, like I don't want to see that anymore. It makes me, it makes us seem foolish, you know. Absolutely. I know. I totally get what you're saying. In fact, I'm working on an article right now. Not that I want to plug it or anything, but seriously, I just happened to be working on this article. So it's funny you say this, where I'm talking about why MLS supporters, well, actually, it's more why Euro snobs should watch lower league American soccer. And one of the things is it, it touches on what you're saying. Uh, you know, even with MLS now, I would say that there's a divide between the product you're watching on the pitch and the front office staff and, and you know, the owners. In D2, at the D2 level, you have so much more agency. You have so much, everything is so much more tactile. You know, like I, I know most of the people that work in the front office. I, I've gone out with some of them, not dated, but like, you know, got meals with hey, some no, of them. No judgment here. No okay, judgment. Nipun. Hey, I, okay. Some, hey, hey, the ones I went out with are already married, so I can't, I can't legally All right, little, admit to it. I didn't know one of the front office staff was Ashley Madison. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, you may or may not have access to my email addresses based on that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, it, you have so much. It's so much more personal to me than uh, even Man United. Even though I've been there, I've worshipped the club my entire life. Like Indy Eleven has is so much more immediate to me. So there's definitely a romance to that. Yeah, but there's also, you know, something that, you know, you also have to consider the American sports fan isn't used to having sure, such sure. close access to the front office. So even that makes it seem sometimes. And again, I'm not here to make excuses, but I will play the devil's advocate. No. You know, and also I think the other sure. issue is the pro rel seems to be. Even if it's not being spoken about, that seems to be this over yeah. this cloud over every conversation when it involves lower league. And I'll say the same thing that you've probably heard before. You guys aren't doing it either. You know what I mean? Right, right. No, you, no, you're you're right. It's just with with the pro rel thing, you guys. It, it's just it's just theater on Twitter. That's what it is. You, you have a bunch so does of that guys. make Ted Westervelt the uh, the uh, what's the the Phantom of the Opera? Then, <laughs> well, no. Think of think of the shittiest playwright you've ever heard of, and that's. <laughs> okay, so here's my question for you, because you are, for lack of what everyone says, for we've read almost all your tweets, we keep up with what you guys are doing, what you're doing in particular, you seem to be the most level-headed of right. the vocal, because you are pro, pro-rel, which we are as well, you know, uh, we're just willing to wait, you know what I mean, we don't necessarily think we need it yesterday, but Ted Westervelt helps or hurts your cause, and I will say this, uh, zero is nothing. He has no, you know, he has uh, no, no effect, effect on yeah. it whatsoever. A 10 means uh, he helps. A negative 10 means he hurts. Where um, do you think it lies? Because he is by far the most vocal. And to a point where I remember the first time I ever mentioned promotion and relegation on Twitter, I was immediately bombarded by this guy. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't think I'm ever going to mention those words again. <laughs> yeah. So where do you no. where do you think you lie? Where he I, lies? Uh, 
I had a similar experience, by the way. I did an interview with Cal Martino where we tangentially talked about ProRel and then Ted blew everyone up. But uh, So zero. I'd say zero. Uh, mm-hmm. I think us on, on Twitter overrepresent how much of an impact we have. Um, you know, so I think Ted's major thing is that he gets, I don't know, whatever number he comes up with, 800,000 uh, interactions or Twitter en- interactions. Engagement, so, yeah. Engagement. <laughs> God, what, what a tool. Uh, so, <laughs> that is uh, hilarious. Yeah. So he has 800. Like, what does that mean? Right. If you, the, the point of the matter is the people who are engaging him are people who are having arguments with him and people who worship him. And almost none of those people, I would say less than 0.1% of those people has any appreciable voice in American soccer. I definitely don't have an appreciable voice. Regardless of what any of us think, we don't have an impact. So at the end of the day, Ted is a zero. Uh, I think there, there can be some argument made that he hurts the cause, but I generally don't think that Twitter is moving the needle at all. Um, at the end of the day, the problems with American soccer are are uh, pervasive and they will not be fixed on Twitter, definitely not by Ted Westerveld. The people who are doing something about ProRail, someone like Dennis Crowley, who's actually an owner, who who has a voice, that's what matters. Someone like Rocco Camiso, who I don't agree with because I think he's a megalomaniac, talking about ProRail, that makes an impact. Someone like Ted Westerveld, absolutely no impact. Someone like myself, Absolutely no impact. So that's why I go with the zero. And do you think Peter will yeah, want great question. promotion and relegation? It's a, it's a great question. So we had Peter on my old podcast. And I'm sorry, we're like going to cut you off one more time. If those yeah. of you who don't know who Peter Wilt is, he was the first president and I believe a part owner of the uh, Chicago Fires first season for that expansion. I don't think he was a part owner, but I, he was definitely the first GM. Yeah, he was the first GM uh, part. I believe he was the president at one point as well. He's the owner of the Indy 11. And you recently... No, re- no, he's not the owner of India. He was the first GM of India. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So the first GM of India 11. And like you, I said, uh, we're not experts. Right. We're not experts. Uh, by the way, uh, Christian is handing me notes of this whole time with all this information. Uh, and it's written in crayon. Apparently the notes aren't very good. Yeah, yeah. It's written in crayon. It says, Peter Will, president of the United States? Yeah, yeah. Wait, I don't know. It actually says think, that Peter think... Will promises to take the Chicago Fire to the World Cup. So. That's right. That's exactly right. I, I know you were going there. You missed the question mark. Yeah. <laughs> there was actually two there was one upside down in the beginning and one because exactly. we're latino so um so he seems to be this important figure in the midwest yep. and i remember i went to a bar when I, I was performing in milwaukee and i went to a bar to watch an arsenal match called the highbury and yeah. people were singing his name uh he seems to be a, a fan favorite there uh he invented a beer there apparently i read that on twitter i'm um, sorry on wikipedia but i remember hearing his name a lot he seems to be leading this charge towards a USL two, basically, right? Like a third division USL. And everyone is starting to assume the first assumption is, is that it's going to be promotion relegation. You wrote an article on this sort of touching on that, that you think, or, or maybe this people suspect that there will be promotion relegation between D two and D three. Uh, where do you think, do you think that's going to happen? Do you think that's, that's what this step is? And the other question I have for you is, do you think that's necessary? Mm. So the first part is, I think, well, they're both very complicated questions, but the first one's a little bit easier. The first one's a little bit easier because I think based on the, the pieces that have been laid out, where you have multiple owners who have come out in support of ProRel, uh, aligned with the NASL, I should say. You have Peter Wilt, who wrote a manifesto in Holler Magazine where he talked about ProRel. 
Um, you have the NPSL chairman, Joe Baroni, who's talked about ProRail. So based on those pieces, I think it's very likely that ProRail has at least been talked about for the new D2, D3, NASL side of things. And by the way, as a tangential, well, somewhat related point, uh, the GM, sorry, the director, chairman, actually, whatever, one of the leaders of the USL, uh, Mr. Jake Edwards, recently said that they have talked about ProRail for USL D2, D3 as well. So, th- so the question, the first question, is it being considered? Yes, I think it is being considered. Um, on the record, apparently, it's being considered. And the second part is a little more difficult. Is it necessary? Uh, it's a loaded question because I think for the overall growth of the of the of soccer in America, it is necessary. Do I think it's necessary right now? No. Do I think it is uh, necessary next year? No. I think in the long term it is necessary, but I don't think it is necessary today, and we're certainly not ready for it yet. Okay, which is what I think my other question was going to be is, you know, I, I read up on uh, Stockade FC's sort of, um, you know, annual report and here's what it looks yeah. like and here's how much it costs. And that's something that we're really interested in because, you know, this seems to be the, the, the beginning of, you know, these sort of independent owners owning more than just these semi-pro clubs. They're like, you know, these clubs that have higher ambitions. Is it viable? You know, if, if Stockade mm-hmm. FC were to get promoted tomorrow, they have an owner with, you know, assumingly an overwhelming amount of money that may be able to handle it. But what would happen to... You know, um, you know, I, I struggle to think of another one. I mean, Cincinnati's pretty much prepared for it. But what's like another N- NPSL club or or a club at that level? If they were to get promoted to USL, would they be able so, to handle that? Right. So take Ann Arbor FC for example. No, they're not. They would not be able to ready to handle it. But the thing is, what we need to remember is that there are over a hundred clubs in NPSL, and you need eight teams, approximately ten teams, to start a league. Right. So. Is it possible that there are eight owners that meet the D3 requirements and there those eight owners uh, want to make the jump and would be successful? Yes. Is it a guarantee? Absolutely not. I mean, NASL has shown us that last year, right? I mean, you have you had uh, um, Cosmos, which was bankrolled by millionaires. You had Rio Viacano bankrolled by millionaires. All fell apart. Right, so it's there's a lot more at play than than the ownership. There, there's so many moving parts to this that it makes it a complicated question. All right, so one thing I'm curious about because I I have some conversations with uh, uh, pro rel people. Why should why should someone uh, the casual soccer fan? Why should the casual American soccer fan care about? any of this what 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 is the thing what is the thing that's going to trigger a casual fan to be like oh i should get involved in this and this is why these are the results that we're sort of looking for and this this is why it's going to make the product better i've never really heard that reason i mean i have my own theories but i've never really heard that reason that uh, i haven't seen some sort of consensus of like this is why we need to do this and you mean you mean for like the the fan who just watches it as entertainment yeah or or a casual mls fan who you know maybe not a season ticket holder but goes to four or five games a year which is probably the overwhelming amount of mls fans is probably what you're talking about great question it's a great question it's a really good question and if if you're and not enough people ask this question, why should the regular fan care about ProRel? It's always, you know, all these crazy things. Your regular fan doesn't care about the money, right? We just want to watch the beautiful game and, and love what we love. So the answer to that is competition. 
to summarize it in, in one word, it is competition. When you have promotion relegation, if your team is you know, not in uh, a playoff spot, they are still competing for something. Uh, the more, so let's look at NASL right now, right? There are eight. Oh, actually, let's look at last year because there's only eight teams this year. So last year, there were 12 teams or 13 teams. And it became pretty clear by, by the spring that uh, the winner, uh, the, that the playoff positions were pretty sequestered pretty well. There was, there was a chance that Tampa Bay would make it towards the end, but the four teams were pretty well clear at that point. For the other seven teams in the league, the last few games of the season, for your average fan, meant nothing. They were there, they were there consuming it in a in a voyeuristic manner. You know, you're just sitting there watching the game. It means nothing. I mean, whatever turns the- people on. Also, like- we're Knicks fans. <laughs> we're, we're Knicks fans. We know exactly how that feels. Yeah. So but- the one thing I, I I have no idea about is I'm guessing that's baseball. So yeah, <laughs> so Knicks is basketball, and we've okay. sucked for 20 years. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. So we're not. We've never. I think we made the playoffs once in the last 20 years. But so this, to your point. But but this is. Uh, I I totally understand that point. But competition yeah, sure. is important. I love watching the relegation battle in in the Premier sure. League. Uh, I I personally get why it's uh, why it's entertaining and why it's sure. uh, why it's important. But when it comes to the, the comparison of look, uh, Alexis just made the point about the New York Knicks. Yeah. Uh, American fans of, of of sports are very used to games not meaning anything. So right. so uh, uh, shifting that uh, uh, that uh, that 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 state of mind to be like, oh, this is uh, I, this doesn't need to happen because obviously in in every other sport the concern is over like tanking. You know, if you sure. uh, uh, <laughs> you know those last those last few months right. losing on purpose for a higher draft pick. Yeah. So it, it's. Right. The, uh, I'm I'm even trying to do this. I'm trying to figure out what can I how can I tell other people who are not who right. are just casual fans, how can I convince them that this is uh significant or important or or cause to get to get behind and it's difficult to because the challenges that that we all face is that people are just used to the way things are. And someone else also made a point to me which I think also mentions that someone who does who's more of an NFL fan uh mm. than 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 a soccer fan but kind of understands what I was talking about when we were talking about like whether promotion and relegation would work in any other league and I mentioned baseball would probably be the one where it's most viable because of the double A there's like a triple A system that which is their division 2 and then so on and so forth. Um, so I was just explaining. He was like, but the way it works in, in all those other leagues is that the top division. So the major league baseball team will own the all the, you know a team in each of the lower divisions. And while teams don't move up and down, players do. So he's like, essentially, there's player promotion and relegation, which technically there also is in American soccer, you know, unless unless you have like your Haji rights or, you know, your Miguel Abaras right. who kind of avoided ML, maybe not, you know, Miguel Abara tried out, but Haji yeah. Wright specifically avoided it so that it wouldn't ruin his negotiation potential to go to Europe. Other than those few players that avoid it, players can move up and down if they're good enough. So while clubs can't, players essentially can. Is that not yeah. enough? No, Absolutely. That's a great point. So one of the things that we constantly angle for is uh, that ProRel would improve uh, opportunities for players. What you're bringing up with baseball is actually a good point that that people within the pro, well, the rational portion of the ProRel community have considered. What about a model like that where you can exchange players? And, and to be fair, MLS USL has that model, right? So you look at sport cities. Uh, um, combination, sorry, not combination, uh, collaboration with Swole Park Rangers. And they've, you know, moved players up and down, four or five players up and down in the last few months. So there, it does exist. And, and there is a space for that. 
but the point I was getting at is in the long term, I find more merits to a Perel model than I do a league-only model. That's not to say that the league, and neither, by the way, we should also, which is often forgotten by both sides, <clears throat> neither model is perfect. Perel is not True. perfect. You, you, you look at Portsmouth, you look at, you know, people only look at the successes of Perel. They don't think about the Portsmouth, who done better now. You look at uh, Milton Keane, you look at uh, Leighton Orient, uh, who just got relegated out of the, uh, out of the um, sorry, of the football league into the conference division. So there has been absolute heartbreak for clubs in pro- promotion relegation systems as well. So um, there is there is a perfect model out there, uh, and it, it takes the best out of the pro rel model as well as the franchise only model because the franchise only model is fantastic for stability, right? And at the end of the day. We want, at least my big focus has always been players should have jobs and front office staff should have jobs yeah. and we should, we should have the ability to watch soccer. Those are my three central goals for all of my analysis, everything that, that's always been my focus. So as things stand, MLS is doing a great job in making sure that all three happen. So my last question is the the other big question that we get or the other big um, sort of holdback we get is TV contracts. Sure. Let's say, you know, nuclear, uh, which I probably shouldn't say these days because it might happen. But a nuclear scenario, <laughs> uh, you know, Los Angeles, both Los Angeles clubs, uh, both New York clubs get relegated. If that's just, uh, you know, hypothetically speaking. Sure. Wh- you know, <laughs> Think of the TV contracts. What's going to happen when television networks are told, oh, Los Angeles and New York are no longer a part of our deal. It's now Cincinnati and Indianapolis and, you know, uh, you know, and, and Boise. You know what I'm saying? Like, that. It's, yeah, no, so- that's not possible. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to ruin it's going to ruin the TV deal there. You know, they're going to have to renegotiate every year. That's one of the reasons. Great point. So that's one of the reasons you need a lot more to be happening in parallel uh, for this to be a success. So think of it this way, right? Look at Premier League. It's sponsored. Most of it is owned by Sky. Uh, most of the coverage is owned by Sky. If you look at the numbers of people watching the championship, you would be amazed. It's way, I mean, it's close. I would say, I haven't looked at the latest numbers, but at least at the start of the season, it was way more than MLS. I'm talking about people in America, uh, not just America, all over the world, but people all over the world love the championship for similar reasons. So if there is enough parallel growth that you have clubs that are doing well and you don't just have a random club in Boise, but you you have Newcastle you, likes Newcastle United, you have, you know, um, who else is it? Leeds United is in League One. I mean, these are massive, massive clubs that have storied history. So if these things happen in parallel, I think that issue of the TV deals will be mitigated if there's a larger umbrella TV deal rather than individually um, individually sponsored deals, I guess, I, or negotiated I, deals. I agree, but that's also you're using the greatest example of a league two of a, of yeah. a second division because no one's watching, you know, La Liga Segunda. You know, no one's watching even in in you know Mexico. You know, the the Asensio yeah. or whatever one that's called. No one's watching those. You know, but maybe so Bundesliga the, and, from, oh, and yeah, English. The, the Bundesliga Bundesliga two has great reviewing numbers especially attendances yeah they're, um, they're probably i think those are the two second divisions that are that yeah. are best attended yeah. you know so i mean I, look there's a, you, we can use them as an example they seem to be the most shining example but we sure, can use sure. them as an example and i also want to say that i think christian and i are both uh 
both sort of in the same position as you are, which is like, we would love to see promotion and relegation. We think that there's a lot of benefits to it. There will be some drawbacks like everything else in the world. There's drawbacks to the system we have now. Um, We would love to see it. We're just of the mindset that's like, let's figure out how it's going to work. Maybe I think you would agree, right, Christian? And also uh, let's figure out how it's going to work. But it's also like, like what we have. I mean, it's, I, I think sort of what you're saying, you know, you given the examples of, of these big clubs that are in league uh, in the championship or are in league one, uh, these clubs, they have, you, you just mentioned, they have a storied history. So, yeah. so the, the, build the history, history yeah. has to build somewhere. So yeah. exactly. it, promotion in relegation, hopefully at one point will be, uh, uh, will be the American way. But when it does happen and say NYCFC does get relegated, in, in 50 years, well, 50 years from now, they're going to have a, a, a long history and a lot of supporters that will still support them in the second division. That's a great point. And, you know, like, I think, you know, hopefully what happens at that point is also like you, it, we've gotten there because there's fans like like, you know, the guys that are MLS only. There's fans like us, which are fans of all the leagues, even though we don't pay attention to all of them. And there's fans like you, Nipun, who, you know, uh, which you know, are sort of, you know, very committed and loyal to the, to the club that's local to you, regardless of what league it's in. And hopefully there's a point and I see it coming. I really do where we're all fighting to be in the same league, which hopefully is down the line. Exactly. Would you agree? Yeah, no, I'm very well said. And at the end of the day, you know, the, the growth of the sport, uh, we, so we interviewed Matt Doyle yesterday of MLS analyst. Uh, he works for MLS. Soccer. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He's going to be in our podcast very soon. Yeah, so uh, you know that, we talked about this, and and he said in order for MLS to continue to succeed, in order for your American soccer as a whole to continue to succeed, we need a vibrant, we need vibrant leagues like NASL and USL and S and PSL. So the the upward trajectory of of the sport is in the interest of all of us, which makes a lot of this divisiveness and and disgusting rhetoric, especially from some of the pro rel extremists, entirely pointless and and a waste of everyone's time and honestly a waste of everyone's mental health. So and I'll make the point that I think what I forget the term for, but that the compensation to the uh, academies and clubs in lower divisions when players are sold, that to me is almost more important. Yeah, I forget, yeah. I forget the term for it, but there's a term uh, where if a player gets sold from let's say Andy 11 to Tottenham and then Tottenham sells, sells them to, you know, whatever, uh, you know, oh, sell on fee, sell on fee. The fact that MLS isn't paying that I think is more important, but that's a topic for another time. Yeah. Um, and write an article on that and we'll have you back on because I'd love to hear your points because <laughs> you're probably going to make much smarter points. Like, first of all, you knew the term. So already, <laughs> you know, you're ahead of the, you're ahead of the game. Nipun Chopra, this is absolutely amazing. Is there anything, where can people follow you? Where can people find you? Um, first of all, thank you guys for having me on it. It's been a distinct pleasure chatting footy with you. Uh, you can find me at Nipun Chopra seven on Twitter and, uh, follow my, uh, not mine, my, uh, collaborators in my project, which is sock takes where we cover NASL USL. Um, but we also have our own passions. Like I follow man United. So I cover that. My buddy is a wolf supporter. He follows that. And Kevin follows MLS very closely. So he covers that. So uh, if you like soccer, just uh, give us a follow on Twitter. You know, the mo- most worthless place to generate any sort of uh, <laughs> views for, for reads. You sell it hard and then you get rid of all that positivity. <laughs> no, man, but you seriously, exactly. you're very knowledgeable and, and you help me understand a lot more. Even even if it's through, sometimes it's through some debate, sometimes it's through some angry rhetoric. But at some point you drop a point that I'm like, oh, OK, all, the, the world is going to be all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nipun Chopra to, to, to save the day. 
thank you so much, buddy. Uh, we'll be thank right back, guys, so much, after this. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to The Cooligans. Uh, we're going to ask you to help us out just a little bit. You've seen some of the shirts we're wearing. They're on the Volley Apparel. They're absolutely incredible. It's kind of like a hip-hop, soccer-themed type of whole a clothing brand. They're absolutely incredible. Yeah, you can wear the stuff, uh, you know, to... to to the outside you got where to hang out you can wear what you know it's gear you can wear it to play you can wear it to the white house you can wear it to the trap house yeah, exactly either <laughs> you can wear the same outfit to both of those <laughs> places and maybe for some people that's the same house so <laughs> uh you could absolutely wear it at all different occasions it's really cool and guess what if you use the code cooligan c-o-o-l-i-g-a-n-s you're not only going to get 20 percent off but we're going to get some of that money which is really cool yeah you'll be supporting uh, the cooligans by just buying fly clothing right so you save money and we make a little, which we're going to pump all back into the show just to help promote it and get more people listening, which would really help us out. So you want to look fly for the summer? Go to go to onthevolleyapparel.com. Go get yourself some gear. How about you save some money by putting in the word Cooligan, C-O-O-L-I-G-A-N-S, and we make a little scratch. That, that sounds good. Huh? It's not sound, bad. Not good. Sound good? It's like our own little trap house. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, also, they also sell cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Not, maybe not cocaine, but go out and buy yourself. That discount's not going to work on coke, but it will work on dope gear. Also, if you're buying cocaine, don't mention the Cooligans at all. Don't say the Cooligans at all. We're not going to make any money off of that. We promise our parole officers. Check out onthevolleyapparel.com. Oh, what an interview. Wasn't that great, everybody? Jeez, he, uh, you know, I love I love having conversations like that with someone who's not like, no, you're wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, He's it, just it, like, wasn't a, it wasn't a debate on Fox News. Yeah. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> um, shouts to uh, R.I.P. to Red Eye, by the way, for <laughs> oh, sure. all those not paying one comic to be on it. <laughs> or R.I.P. to Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> Maybe I, we just hope he's dead, but no, yeah, he's, yeah, not yeah. Dead. he's not dead. <laughs> Thank God he's TGHF. <laughs> what is that? Thank God he's that. TG, or he's, that's still thank God he's Friday. All right, uh, never mind. Anyway. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, thank you again, uh, Nipun Chopra, for, uh, Nipun, for great, great participating job. with us. And, and having, uh, honestly, uh, a... A, a very, uh, I don't know, a reasonable, also progressive adult, mind, adult, adult conversation, adult conversation, uh, uh, just a smart dude, and and really knows his stuff about the lower uh, leagues in U.S. soccer. And I, I, honestly, in my mind, I mean, like he's the person I go to, and I'm like, oh, I, I need to know sort of like when I want to be more informed, right? Like the way people come to us for mature, for mature content, content, content about but that's how we go to him. <laughs> right. Right. Guys? Exactly. We are, we, we are the neuroscientists yes. of comedic soccer podcast. Oh, cool. Again, DeGrasse Tyson. <laughs> that's who we are. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was awesome. And, uh, yeah. So let's like, like we said, we're going to, uh, cover some of the other, uh, MLS games. Also, if, um, you know, a lot of times the way, you know, I usually pick the pick the games that we, we talk about. Yeah. I prepare a bunch of notes and, and, and I tell Alexis, I'm like, hey, do your homework and, and watch these I, games. But sometimes I feel like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, we don't cover every single game of, of, you know, of each week just because who has the time? You right. Know? But uh, if you're listening to this and you feel like, hey, you know, you guys don't talk about. So and so, or or maybe something specific happened that you yeah. want us to cover. You think we should talk about? Do comment on one of our YouTube videos, or you know, comment on our Instagram or tweet at us. Yeah, at Soccer Cooligans on everything. Just say, hey, yo, you know, you yeah. never talk about blank. You never talk about blank. I feel like I, I would say easily the Houston Dynamo, the team 
We talk about the least. Yeah. Or if you know a beat writer that would come on or just someone who tweets a lot about a specific club, yeah. someone who follows it, um, that is very informed, let us know and we'll set up an interview with them. We would love that. Yeah. But also, if you're a Houston Dynamo fan, yo, tell your team to stop being so damn boring. Come on. <laughs> you know That's that? I heard, did you hear their newest chant? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes, the, 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 the ZZZ supporter section. <laughs> <laughs> what love supporters those. group are you with? Uh, <laughs> pillow? Pillow? talk <laughs> um yeah obviously in the, the first like week or two they were you know remote kyoto was banging worldies all day and then right. and, and then, then what happened and then it's, uh, take a break i don't know what's that what? all right so international break ruined it all <laughs> so we have to talk about this game because this was ridiculous philadelphia against montreal the philadelphia union refused i mean refused to win a game they're, they're instead like instead of that dupe song they need to have that yakety sax <laughs> Benny Hill theme song. They, it's ridiculous. Every Philadelphia Union player is like, you know what? I defy you to allow to allow us to get three points. Yo, I dare you. I <laughs> dare you to let me get three points, son. <laughs> you won't do it. You won't let me. I bet you won't. And Piatti was like, okay, you're right. Yeah, we won't let you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me tell you something. Uh, I love watching Piatti play. It really frustrates me also, though, to watch him play. Because I'm like, Why? Does he have that ability to take over a match at the drop of it? Like whenever he feels up to it, he's that's it. He's like the man on the pitch. Yeah, it's uh, Nacho Piatti is to me the I don't. I'm just trying to think of NBA players that have like just crazy handle. Like I mean, the Steph Curry handle. He is. He is a very Steph Curry ish type player. He's just, probably more of like a Durant because Durant can go missing from time to time, but. When he has the ball, obviously his his best skill, and you and he does it. I mean, he might do this a dozen times a game. Is his uh uh his fake shot? Yeah. I mean, his fake to to, to like that 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 move. Right. Everyone thinks he's about to shoot, and you they give him an extra they give him that extra space that he needs that he creates, and then he'll take the shot. His goal was was a fairly soft goal. It wasn't. Uh, he didn't blast it no. by Andre Blake. He just knew that that posi- that point right there was you're not going to be able to reach he, it. He that mo- the move froze the keeper. Yeah, a hundred percent. The keeper Andre Blake couldn't commit either way because he didn't know if the shot was coming. And as soon as the shot did not go off when he expected, and it looked like it was coming in slow mo. Yeah, yeah. And he's you know, not he's not a particularly fast guy. No, like he he did like he was shooting the ball where you're like, oh, everyone would be able to cover. But if anyone who's ever played FIFA, it's like the ball's put in a position where like no matter how fast your player runs, you know you're not going to get to it on time. Yeah. That's exactly where this position was where he where he shot it. It's you know, Ignacio uh, Piatti is just one of those players that you know it, it, frustrating to watch. Uh, if uh, unless he's on your team, yeah. And then he does have moments where he disappears, though. So you know, the question becomes: Is it is this going to be? Is he sort of just relaxing right now because of the beginning of the season? Is he going to be able to turn it on? Is is Montreal this good, or is is well, Philadelphia just this bad? <laughs> well, that's the weird thing is that Mon- Montreal has not really had a uh, a very good season. I mean, they've only had they only have one win. Yeah, uh, they have four draws, but all these these comeback. I mean, they have a lot of comeback victories. They did it against NYCFC a couple of weeks ago, uh, but. 
you know, you, speaking you, of draws, Philadelphia has a ton of draws too. I mean, a lot, a lot of losses. As <laughs> like well. you're packing, like you're packing for a long trip. <laughs> a lot of draws, man. But you, if you're the Philadelphia Union, you cannot ask for a better start. You have a three nil lead in the first half, in the first like forty minutes. You're you're up. I mean, just as, all right. Let's uh, clamp down. This is I, it. And let's get these three points. Let's get out of here, boys. Switch to the ten zero zero formation and just lock it. Down. Let's go home. You know these fans are suffering. They're dying. I mean, I mean, like I'm looking at the. Um, I was looking at the highlights on the MLS site. I'm looking up some of the stats and I'm looking at looking at the comments of some of the Philadelphia Union fans. And they're like, you know, I mean, they just they might as well just, you know, in all caps, write like the f word over yeah. and over and over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're screaming. I mean, they're like so frustrated. They're like the one guy wrote, "I'm a season ticket holder since day one. This is the most frustrating. This team is not doing anything to improve." And you know, you have to sort of ask the question of like, how long can uh, 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 they tolerate this way and still right. keep their manager and, and all these things? But they, they with a three nil, you do not give up a three nil lead. I mean, uh, they they started off so well. Roland Albert got that first goal where he just completely crossed up Laurent Simon, and then went went around the keeper and under the keeper. I yeah, mean, it was just great goal. Uh, CJ Sapong showing up. CJ Sapong got the assist on the first goal. Yeah, Sapong gets the, the, the gets sort of like a rebound header kind of a thing. It was like a header off of a header. Yeah, redirects it into the goal. A great goal. Uh, and I love CJ Sapong. I said this to someone at a high level. You were there mm -hmm. uh, within the Philadelphia Union, uh, you know, sort of outfit. Um, I said, I think CJ Sapong is is your is your striker. I don't think you need another striker. I know some people said they do. I think he needs more service. I think he needs to be fed the ball in better positions. And other people are like, nah, I think you need another striker. I think you need someone who's more consistent, right? Yeah. CJ Sapong shows that he could be that guy. Maybe I'm wrong, you know? I mean, and he did it. He did it uh, against Montreal. Yeah, I mean, he did sure. all the things required. Of of a striker besides run back and become another backline <laughs> defender, uh, just so disappointing. Yeah, you know, e even so Montreal comes back in the second half to draw three three, <laughs> and it's just like again another goddamn draw. Philadelphia, what are you doing? It's just bad. I mean, uh, uh, again, Anthony Jackson uh, Hamel. Uh, comes in and gets a brace, and and the first the whole law firm showed up. <laughs> <laughs> the first goal by by, by Jackson Hamel, uh, header. I mean, great goal, a, a great cross, great goal. You, there's nothing you can do at that point. They're down. Uh, uh, you know, it's 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 still they're down one. Uh, yeah. Montreal's still down one. You can say in, you still have this game. You still have an opportunity. You just uh, you know just stay uh, composed. And this law, the, I would say, I will attribute the loss. Uh, to Andre Blake, that last goal was just a dumb. It's a dumb rebound. I mean, he gave up a dumb, dumb rebound. I, I, either you can't. I, but, was, I mean, you can't say that because it was shot from close range. It was parried, and it wasn't necessarily a loss. This was a draw. No. Oh no no uh, yeah exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, the the the, you know, the loss is the three points. Right. The I don't know. To me, I don't know if you necessarily could he catch it. To me, I thought he could have caught it. But I mean, it was full stretch. Who knows? Who knows? Difficult. Exactly. But where were the defenders? Yeah, well, I mean, but he he passed it right to Hamel, oh, and he put boy. he put it right in. I mean, it just looked really bad. It's it, it's not a, a a goal you see commonly in soccer that 
rebound and right back in right yeah to, no happens a lot in fifa for some reason oh yeah when i when play, play against you yeah it happens pretty all right <laughs> all right watch on friday <laughs> but yeah i'm on a two-game streak baby can <laughs> uh, i go three i i thought he could have done better with that ball instead of uh leave that juicy rebound uh for Hamel. he just i basically had to tap it in uh but frustrating over yeah frustrating for the union fans that that, that cannot feel good uh letting uh, almost what felt like a guaranteed victory just slip away. I, they literally were handed the three points, and I, you know, you uh, tweeted out the video of the girl trying to catch the ball. Love the young that. kid, love that. It always works. It's a gif. <laughs> Little girl, big smile on her face, tries to catch the ball, puts her hands together, and the ball goes right through the hands. <laughs> and that was exactly what. Uh, what did you say? Here, hey Philadelphia, here's three points. Yeah. And the little girl drops the ball, just right between, right through her fingers, basically. <laughs> and it's exactly what happened to Philadelphia. Yeah, pretty much, man. Uh, one of my favorite gifs. Ah, uh, yeah, you you use it a lot and every time it works so <laughs> that's the only joke i don't mind repeating over yeah and over. <laughs> go for it baby because it works all right and uh let's talk about um red bulls new york red bulls against columbus crew bodying columbus crew bodying uh but columbus crew archer comes out everyone's <laughs> excited to see what it's like and boom he's gone uh he cacod yeah, yeah, he he left early. So, uh, Red Bulls win this two nothing. But I think the big uh, thing out of the match was uh, definitely Arthur, who uh, uh, I mean, I think I I haven't gotten an update. I think he may have fractured his wrist. Uh, he fell on his wrist after he was covering uh, Kamar Lawrence, right. and uh, just in time for that guy or Mule. Yeah, and then about a minute and a half later, um, uh, Alex Mule just uh, gets uh, easy. And it, 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 it's interesting because the cross came from exactly where like Archer got Would've injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was like exactly where, oh, there was a guy here and now he's gone. Which respect to the Rebels for taking taking advantage of uh, <laughs> the most minimal of open spaces. Uh, Alex Mule, an East Village kid. Did you know that? Uh, I think I didn't. I knew he was from New York. Yeah, yeah we got to get him on the podcast. Okay, yeah. It's really easy for us to do that. Yeah. Because everybody respects us. Oh, so let's much. just alex.mule at hotmail.co.uk, <laughs> I believe is what it is. Yes. Uh, everybody email him and add that email address because that's definitely his email address. 100%. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> and he and let him know to be to, hilarious if that was it. And the guy's like, "How did you guys know <laughs> that? Did you guys find me? <laughs> I've been trying to avoid. I got a Dakota UK thinking no one will get me." <laughs> uh, but. Uh, the Red Bulls look good. I mean, they, they ha- they've had a couple tough matches the last... Uh, they're like... They uh, they look the same all season. They not- just had moments where they sort of lapsed. You know, when things work out for them, they work out big. And this was one of those moments. Exactly. I mean, what was it? Two weeks ago when they got uh, demolished by Houston. I think they lost like 4-1 or 4 nothing. They they looked bad overall. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, it, there's... I think there's... A lot of when they when you see those bad losses, everybody was like, "Well, you lost Dax. See what happens when yeah. you don't have Dax." Uh, but then occasionally they have these games where they just like, yeah, they just figure everything out and they play so much better. But I, I think a, 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 that leadership they'll maybe miss from Dax without a doubt, and we'll see that. We'll see that as the season goes on. Yeah, I mean, maybe really, someone else takes that place. I, you know, Sasha Klitschko not taking penalties is a, is a big step. I mean, when you lose out on uh, on Dax and you know the power that he gets from the fruit bowls, that the we fruit bowl that we send him. That we send them uh you you miss out on uh, on a quality player which once again uh just update everyone <laughs> check my mailbox every day nothing is in there we have not received a thank you yeah just yet exactly <laughs> if we get the media passes to go to chicago <laughs> with the media passes will be for clearance to dax's home we will be going because <laughs> we will we will approach him in his yard 
Uh, we will take every connection we've ever made, and we may, we may burn every bridge, every bridge to do this, but we will find a way to get some closure. We don't need to go in and see the fruit bowl, okay? We don't need to. It's like a like a like a like we gave up a child for adoption. Yeah, we, and now we, we want it back. We want to reconnect. With we that. just want to see it. We just okay? want to see what, if it's we doing just, okay. We don't need to go visit it. We want to know it's doing fine. Just, okay? little, just send us a picture, maybe with a small caption, letting us know what's going. Yeah. On. <laughs> maybe what kind of fruit is it holding? You know, it's important. Is it tropical fruit? Would make sense for the both of us, right? A little Caribbean fruit. Yeah, yeah. A couple of papayas in there. You know. That <laughs> was <laughs> yeah, so. We do need that, but so. Uh, I think the Red Bulls are, are kind of figuring this out, and I, I think a good a good sign uh, that we're seeing uh, there was uh, uh, Bradley Wright Phillips did uh, a draw penalty. Yeah, and how they and I mean, did he draw a penalty, or was he unfortunate <laughs> enough to be almost <laughs> murdered from the from the ankle up? It looked like uh, I, I who was it? I don't know who was defending him, um, but it looked like he. He did a cannonball, like into a pool, <laughs> yeah. but into Bradley Wright Phillips. It, the, it wasn't a slide tackle by any means. I bet you, we didn't hear it with the sound, but I think it was like the cartoon version of a car accident was the sound <laughs> of the clattering of it, this guy. And by the way, Bradley Wright Phillips gets right back up and tries to keep going with the play. That's right. So shouts to him. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, um, uh, what, what I think the good sign is that Sasha Kleschen is no longer... On penalty yeah. duty because I mean if you're a rebel fan that's a, that's a big positive sign yeah he is uh he is the captain of the team yeah uh but the, so is that good leadership or do you think he's upset that he's no longer on the penalty I mean he I, he was the first person to like uh you know praise Danny Roy after he made the after he made the goal right. uh so I I think I think he's cool with it but and he's just been wildly not even inconsistent he's just getting stopped every single time yeah you know, and just taking bad penalties uh last you know the last uh, couple months I, I, did he miss one in the playoffs i think he might have missed one in the playoffs. i believe so uh yeah just overall I not his thing it's not his yeah thing. it's not his thing yeah. right now like you know what it is it's one of those confidence games yeah. you know the moment you have that 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 thing where like you are unsure as to where to put it penalties is one of those things where you need to go up and know where to go the keeper is the one who should be second guessing himself you need to just go up and go I'm putting it here exactly and if they get it right they got it right if, if it seems like Sasha Kalishan is trying to outthink the keeper so Royer Sas- decided to do how could I <laughs> how could I make it so that even if the keeper guesses correctly yeah. he won't be able to stop Oh, I know. Put the force of me and all of my ancestors <laughs> into this very kick. He did exactly that. And then that's the difference between him and uh and Kleshton is that Kleshton looks like he's he's finessing. Sha- he's trying to finesse. He looks like he's like Sha- Shaquille O'Neal taking free throws. You yeah, know, he's yeah, just yeah. He's in his head. And Shaquille O'Neal was famously uh he would always say that he would be so uh emotionally affected by the crowd. So like, uh, and he would be uh, you, in obviously in basketball you take two free throws, and he right. would be affected by the prior free throw. So he always felt like there was a lot of pressure on the fans, like he was going to make everybody sad. So while he would in his head, he would hear he would all he would focus on is like when he took the shot, everybody has his high expectation, and then when he missed the shot, everybody goes oh, and yeah. everybody frustrated. So he's like now in the second shot, he's like. I really got it. I just this. I yeah. let every I just let everybody down. Like, right. they, they all they were all so sad. So he was so much in his head, and I think that's going on with Sasha Kleschner. Shaq might be the third member of this podcast. We bring him up so much. <laughs> Nork boy, by the way, shouts to Shaq. Okay, never got a chance to meet him. I'm still really upset about that. I will hopefully that I get to do that soon. You think he knows anything about Dax's football? You know? <laughs> well, I think if we go to if we show up to Dax's house with Shaq, I think we might get some answers. Oh, uh, <laughs> we certainly don't need a key if we got Shaq with us. 
Shaq's like, look, the door came off the frame. Yeah, Shaq, we know. Uh, we don't have the money for this. We hope you haven't paid it all in child support. Um, I love you, Shaq. <laughs> uh, so... It, what were we talking about? The Rebels, yeah. So the Rebels, look, uh, another astounding win. If if you're the Rebels, yeah. And even though Columbus, uh, Columbus did, they they have been pretty good this season. So yeah, but they, they again, that's another team that you know you take away one of their big weapons, and you know they're not exactly sure who they are. So hopefully, you know, Arthur comes back a little bit sooner rather than later, and we get to see what that club looks like. Because I love Iguain and I love Ola Kamara. I'd love to see the three of them. And Justin Merrim, Justin Merrim is having a hot season. Oh, Merrim, Merrim's crushing it. You know, mm-hmm. and they got the trap lord out there. That's right. <laughs> Will Trap Lord. So they got a lot. Um, a fun weekend for MLS. Things are starting to sort of uh, settle down a little bit, I think. Uh, a little bit more questions if you're Toronto or, or Orlando, but it's fun. Exactly. These are fun moments here. Yeah. So I hope you enjoy the episode. I hope you enjoyed our NY Fest stories. Uh, again, oh, yeah. again uh, the interview. We got a video coming out with all the stuff from it, too. Exactly. So look out for that. And uh, the Trevor Noah interview that we did at NY Fest is coming soon. So uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to get it first. And also get on our mailing list if you want to uh, get on uh, all those videos and get those, uh, be the first to access all of those. Yeah. Things. And if you want to be alerted whenever we put up any content, go to our uh, website and just you'll see a little pop up window. Put your email in that. We don't bombard you maybe once a week. We email. Yeah. It's not a big deal, guys. Go for it. Maybe once a week. Maybe, uh, you know, we hit you up with some, uh, you know, like our our dating profiles. Yeah. See if anybody's interested in what, you know. You up. You up. (laughs) You don't get a you up email very often. You might just from us. Exactly. Especially if you're in Chicago during the All-Star game. Sorry, guys. Uh, This has been a fun episode. My name is Alexis Guerreros. My name is Christian Polanco. Together, what are we? The The Cooler Game. Yes.